Good morning, friends. It is I, your squirrel Weston, and you're listening to a West... Oh my god, what... what? <laughs> you're listening to... I almost said you're listening to a Weston podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just gonna... Hang on. Allow me to collect myself for a moment. Oh, a hasty podcast. You're listening to a hasty podcast. I'm your host, Weston Hasty. Oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it does, like... A Hasty Podcast does have part of my name in it, but not the Weston part. <laughs> I almost said a Weston podcast. Um, that will be the uh, second podcast that I start, <laughs> where it's just my first name for no reason. Once once I have a slew, a whole fleet of podcasts under my name, that is all me doing the exact same darn thing. <laughs> you'll know. You'll hear about it. You'll hear about it here first. Hello. Morning. I've got my coffee. Um, my... Uh, a creamer. Oh my god. I can't believe... Like, I feel like... Listen, hear me out. I've been talking about this for, like, well over a week now. This darn creamer, I think, exists in a bottle. Like, it, like it's some sort of D&D-style, never-ending wa- beverage carrier situation. It won't run out. It won't run out, no matter how much I pour. It just keeps going. It doesn't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. But uh, I have my coffee. I have it set here. It is the morning time. I am recording. Look, just forget everything about the two <laughs> about the two days that I missed. Listen, listen, forget it. It didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. What is this, episode nine? It is episode nine. I do have a couple of topics. Uh, specifically, I have uh, just kind of a, a rambling about the recent departure of the Unus Honest YouTube channel. If you're not familiar, I will try to explain uh, somewhat briefly and kind of go into my thoughts on that. And then um, I recently beat Bendy in the Ink Machine, so I maybe I figure we'll talk about that a little bit, talk about a video game that I've been playing. I know, I know that we mentioned a, a while ago that I have started playing some Shadowrun Hong Kong. And I would love to jump back into talking about that, but we're not at that point yet. I've got nothing, I've got nothing more to share on that, on that end yet. So... I think that's what we've got in the lineup for today. We'll start with Unus Anas. Recently departed, I say. Uh, if you're not familiar, Unus Anas is a channel, or I should say was, was a channel founded by Mark from the from the Markiplier YouTube channel and Ethan from the Crank Gameplays YouTube channel. Um, they too, and then a number of other guests and uh, their sort of creative director, I think was her uh, position, Amy, uh, all came together and made this channel, uh, but the sort of main two hosts or stars or whatever you might want to call them uh, were Mark and Ethan of their respective channels. They created this channel called Unus Honest, and in Latin, it, that uh, Unus Honest means one year. They started this channel a little over a year ago now uh, with the entire intention of creating some kind of video every single day for one year and then deleting their channel and then that would just be it it would just be over and that time has come and passed and I I thought about it a little bit I didn't know if I really wanted to mention it here on the podcast or not because I haven't mentioned it before and obviously they're gone now it's been over the year it's gone Um, so if you're not familiar you may or may not care but I think uh, besides just like fangirling over um, my loss, mourning the loss of this channel that I have 
love to watch every day for the last year. Instead of that, I also wanted to talk about just kind of the philosophy and idea behind this channel, what made it so interesting a little bit, especially for those of you that aren't familiar. If you're familiar, then you are familiar and you know exactly what I'm kind of talking about here. But the channel itself didn't, like each each video didn't have anything otherworldly special to it. It wasn't that they were creating top-notch, uh, small films every day or whatever. You, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that each and every video was some goddamn masterpiece. Although they did work hard. These There were a lot of great videos in that year. But they were all kind of typical, well-produced, but typical YouTube videos of YouTube shenanigans. The two of them, I mean, they opened the year with with cooking with sex toys and shoving hot dogs in their mouths. I mean, that's how the year started for them, for their for their channel. So so it was very much this mismatch of ideas. One, on the one hand, the theming of the channel was that of death and time, that you only have so much time on this channel before the channel died. And that was kind of the entire premise. And it was a very starkly, darkly presented theme when they announced the channel. When the channel came out and they released their sort of channel trailer for the whole thing, explaining the premise of the channel and how it would exist for one year and that if you missed your opportunity to watch the channel, the videos and all that kind of thing, you will have missed it forever. That there will be no going back once it's gone. Very dark. Um, especially knowing exactly how much time you had left, they began, uh, well, they began some of the videos, but they ended every video uh, with a, t a, 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 a time down? What am I looking for? A click down? A, a, a countdown. Good God, brain. A countdown timer of when the channel would be gone. And so you always knew how much time you had, and at the beginning of the year, it felt like an eternity, like you had plenty of time. Um, so, but it was a very starkly presented theme, and then immediately followed by some of the most absurd videos um, possible to, to start to kickstart this channel. Like I say, like cooking with sex toys, or uh, just try, trying to see how many hot dogs you can fit in your mouth at a time, like that kind of level of stupid. So, like very 180 there. But um, and I wish I could go back and start listing off some of the titles and some of the videos that they made, but it's, well, it's gone now. <laughs> it's all gone now. There were some more serious videos as the year went on. A lot of them were goofy. There were guests in some. Um, it's been a rough year because obviously it was 2020, and clearly uh, that derailed the show quite a bit when you're used to seeing videos with the two of them, Mark and Ethan, meeting together in person and going out and doing things at places. And then the 2020 coronavirus shutdowns took place and a lot of videos were done over, I don't know what they used, Zoom, Skype, Discord, whatever they used, but, um, you know, over the internet. Until eventually, um, in the more recent couple of months, they were capable of leaving their homes and going back outside and doing things again. But yeah, the videos ranged all the way from just absurdly stupid and goofy all the way to kind of weirdly profound, even if it wasn't 
it, even if a video didn't begin profound, sometimes it ended profound, <laughs> sometimes. And it was a wild ride. It was a wild ride. It was an experience, um, thoroughly entertaining. Uh, there were some hilarious episodes that made me laugh out loud. Um, not again. Not every uh, comedic YouTube video can pull that out of me. But there were there were a lot of good times in the in 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 this channel, and their chemistry worked very well off of one another. And uh, yeah. They, they had one day left here a couple days ago. They It was Friday the 13th, actually, was their last day, um, where I think they ended at midnight their time, because I think they're West Coast, so that's like Pacific time is when the channel shut down. So it was technically the midnight minute of Friday the 14th, I think, is when it went down. But yeah, Friday the 13th was the last day. And for me, um, in my time zone, they were going to, uh, delete the channel live on stream at 2 in the morning my time. So I was watching the live stream. I had finished up one of my own streams that same day. And uh, I figured I'd spend the last couple of hours after my stream and before a bed watching their stream and try to catch the final moments of the channel. And uh, I'm quite saddened i'm quite saddened to say that i didn't make it i felt i fell asleep i just i, I was too tired it, it, it had been a long week and it had been a long day and i fell asleep i didn't make it to 2 a.m so i remember watching their stream probably around midnight or whatever my time and uh they were just going over some fan art and talking about uh stuff on the channel and ethan finished getting a tattoo to remember the channel and they were starting to watch like one of their older videos and just kind of laughing over the absurdity of this video that they were that they had recorded that involved them going out to like one of those bodyguard dog trainers or whatever you know the type like like a canine unit situation i don't know if it was for a pol police unit or if it was just uh private i don't remember the details of that video and i did fall asleep I, it, it is a video i saw i I think I saw every single one of Unis Honest's videos. I don't think I missed any. There were days where I'd miss it that day, but then I'd always go back and try to catch up anything that I missed. So I don't think I missed any of their videos. But um, it was an, that was a goofy video that they shot because the guy in charge of everything was, I don't know, like Russian or something. Like, they were, like the English wasn't all there, and it was very intense, and it was just... This very awkward. <laughs> it was very awkward interacting with him, but it it was it was fun to watch. But they were watching that video themselves and recapping something I don't remember. And then that's the last thing that I remember um, before waking up in the morning, the next morning, uh, to uh, my my phone. So because I was in bed watching the stream on my phone, right? I woke up and this is lying on my pillow is my phone still on to the message, this channel no longer exists. And I was like, oh no, I I missed it. And I was profoundly sad about that, that I was awake and watching them laugh and goof and reminisce and talk about what they had done in this last year and then woke up to it literally just all being gone with no trace but an empty channel page saying, this channel does not exist. It was a profound way to start my morning, I, I will say. And if you weren't there for it, I don't know that I can adequately relay to you the culmination of feelings um, I felt about the 
the the the end coming near as we approach the last two weeks of, of the channel, the last one week, the last couple days, the last day. Um, and I know there were a lot of people that I had spoken to, either whether it was in person or on the internet, that believed that there would be some way out, that they would find some way, some excuse to not delete the channel, that this was absurd. I mean, this was a channel that had well over 4 million subscribers on its way to 5, big channel, doing very well, very popular, very good view count, you know, like all the business stuff, all the business side of YouTube, like it doesn't make sense to shut this down. It's wildly successful. That and it seemed like, you know, of course, uh, Mark and Ethan and whoever else was working on the channel seemed like everyone was having a good time you know, on camera, it seemed like, it seemed like there was no reason for it all to end, right? But for it to not end would have defeated its purpose. It truly did take a year to build this channel up from the beginning to where it was to become so attached to it, to become so emotionally invested in it. You couldn't do this with like a channel that lasted a week, a throwaway channel where you make it and say, okay, I'm going to do some stupid stuff, and in a week, I'm going to delete it. No one would care. A week is not enough time for anyone to care. This was a year. This was a year of videos where every single day, it could take up between 10 and 30 minutes of my time every day to become emotionally attached and invested into this channel's existence, to be a part of my every day, and then for it to end and it's just not there anymore, it, it, that is what it took. That is what it took. That was the level of dedication it took for me to feel that gap in my heart for a freaking YouTube channel. As if an actual person had died, and that was it. Like, it, like I don't know. It, it, it's bizarre the range of, of emotions of, of saying that final goodbye. Obviously, Mark still has his Markiplier channel, and Ethan still has Crank Gameplays. They're not going away. They didn't, they themselves as people didn't leave YouTube. It's, it's just this channel, and the idea behind the channel, and the collaboration behind the channel. There was something just special about it, and seeing it gone brought together this this wave of mixed feel feelings unlike any that I've experienced on YouTube before there are channels on YouTube that have com come and gone absolutely many of which you see coming a mile away as channels sort of lose their popularity or success and it's this sort of slow death um to obscurity maybe even as a viewer you have have channels that you used to watch if you're a YouTube, an avid YouTube viewer, there might be channels you um, have watched uh, but haven't watched in a long time. And maybe you'd go back and be like, oh, yeah, that's been gone for years that you forgot about. This felt so uniquely different from other YouTube channels coming and going in the sense that we all knew when it would be gone. And it felt so unfair for it to be taken away because it was doing so well. It wasn't failing. It wasn't unsuccessful. It's not like no one wanted to see it go on. And yet, just arbitrarily, just because time is time, it had to go. And I, I, I respect the dedication to Mark and Ethan to definitely 
go through with it and delete the channel. I, I have to imagine there was some level of temptation to either, if not keep that channel going, I don't know, find some way to continue what they were doing in, with a rebranding or something. There must have there must have been some inkling that what they had was worth continuing, that what they had was special, that what they had was this really unique experience. But to follow through with that temptation would have in itself defeated what was making Unis Anas as a concept so special. In my opinion, just because we knew the channel was going to be over, that didn't add any extra value to what made any individual specific video special, but it's what made the channel so unique. I'm going to sip my coffee. Oh man, honestly, I could I could keep talking about Unis Honest and the philosophy be between sort of life and death and time moving forward and ticking on. I I think there was this philosophy that the two of them sort of sort of held to themselves and the channel that a lot of what gives life purpose and meaning is the fact that we all know that one day it won't be ours and like one day it comes to an end that everything comes to an end one day. And I don't, I don't personally prescribe to that. I, I don't. I don't believe that the looming inevitability of death adds any additional meaning or purpose to my life. I don't believe that. Um, that being said, knowing that you have so only so much time does mean it's important to prioritize what you spend that time on. But I don't think it adds any additional meaning to it. Now, I, it's, I'm okay with people disagreeing with me on that. Um, I think I think for me, what what really ruffles me the wrong way is when folks tell me that what gives their life meaning and purpose, what gives their life purpose, is the fact that they're going to die one day. That drives me nuts. I I think we can find our own purpose outside of that. It's not about ignoring the fact that it will or. Maybe if you're especially optimist, it could happen. <laughs> um, it's not that it will happen. That doesn't give you purpose. I think you need to find meaning outside of that inev inevitability. And I think that I do that myself. That That is a personal belief. I don't think that the inevitability of death is enough. I don't think it means anything, truly, until the final moments. I think while you're living, it means nothing. But... That's me. That's my take. And I could go on that for probably a while and collect my thoughts on that. But I just wanted to end uh, that segment of Unis Honest by saying uh, the channel will be missed. It was special and unique. And I wanted to just dedicate a small portion of this podcast. I say small. It's the majority of the podcast. Uh, dedicate this portion of the podcast to sending it off and saying um, Unis Honest was a part of my day pretty much every day. And that it will be missed. Memento Mori. How do I transition now? <laughs> How do I transition now to talking about, I don't know, Bendy and the Ink Machine? I don't know. I have this idea that I want to have two topics to cover in every podcast so that I'm not talking about just one thing the entire time. But um, it's weird to transition from one thing to the next like that. But I finished Bendy and the, uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine. I talked about it briefly Uh in one of the podcasts, I don't remember earlier on, that I was playing it. I think I mentioned it anyway. I think I did. 
but I finished it now. And I stick by kind of what I said at the beginning when I had played the first couple chapters. It's a five-chapter game. It's in five parts uh, for what that's worth. And they were all developed independently of each other over time. So you can definitely tell in between chapters when you move from one to the next that, oh, okay, they... The developer, there's some time that has passed and the developers are focusing on this, that, or whatever, changing direction or making adjustments here or there. And I, I think that that ultimately weakens the overall experience, but I do like where they ended. So, and I talked a lot on stream, because I streamed this, I talked a lot on stream about my thoughts on this game, but it began very strongly. The first chapter is pretty slow-paced, but does a good job of introducing you to the ambience, atmosphere, and vibe of this sort of mysterious, ink-based story. The idea is that you play as Henry, you're invited by Joey Drew um, to return to the workshop that the two of you worked at to create, like, apparently the world's most popular cartoon franchise. To return to this workshop, Joey has something to show you. You don't know what it is, but you go to find out. And while there, you find that things aren't quite right. There's some strangeness afoot. There is a cartoon character on like a dissection table, and that is... I feel like not enough was spoken about that. I don't. I feel like Henry did not spend enough time looking at that and and, and saying what what is this? <laughs> but um, things go awry. You discover an ink machine. The the game is so aptly uh, named after, and you try to escape. You find out that the ink is like alive or something you're not really sure but ink th there's ink everywhere there is something there is something up right and you try to escape and you can't and you fall into chapter two the chapter one is a good slow burn where things are clearly out of place you're clearly being pursued by what appears to be a cardboard cutout cartoon character and um that's chapter one um and then you progress through the rest of the game a little like chapters two and three in my opinion feel a little lost for direction like, the developers didn't know where the game was going yet. They didn't know how they wanted to end it. They didn't know what the overarching story would be, other than they were creating a horror game. So they were working on ambience. They were working on spooks. They started introducing combat for some reason that I still think is out of place in that game. Um, but, but they tried it. <laughs> they went for it. And Chapter 3 especially is tedious, with suddenly you're doing these fetch quests in this... Again, spooky horror ambience game. All of a sudden, there's combat and fetch quests, and it it just really feels like it loses focus. Um, but luckily, if you stick through the game, chapter four suddenly, sometime during chapter three, they they must have figured out what they wanted to do with the story because chapter four begins, and they definitely have a purpose. All of a sudden, once again, they they definitely know. Okay. This is what we need the player to do. This is where the story is going. We need to introduce these elements and these characters. And I and the pacing picks up. The first chapter is pretty slow, but it's good because it's kind of introducing you to the ambience and it's mystery. So because you're unraveling a mystery, you want it to be kind of that slower pace, that kind of like build up, that tension. 
but two and three slow the pace down monotonously, tediously. And then four starts to ramp it way up, and the pace starts moving up. You're on a mission to save someone. I'm not going to spoil too much about the game. You're on, the, on a mission to save someone, to find and save someone from, from what appears to be imminent death. So you're in a hurry. So you're going through chapter four. Chapter four happens. It ends the way it does. There's boss fights. There's boss fights. They're not especially, like, anything to write home about, but it's just so wildly unexpected from the from the previous chapters when you get into chapter four and you're like, is there a boss fight? Is there another boss fight? It's so wildly unexpected. But the pacing comes way up, and I enjoyed it so much more. Uh, there are points in the chapter that slow the pacing down and seem to, like, give you a little room for breather that I don't think you needed that feel empty and that maybe there were more things planned but for one reason or another they couldn't get it to fit in or to work or maybe didn't have the time to do it but otherwise just serve as breather sections but the pace is significantly increased to the point where by the time we get to chapter five new character brand new freaking characters are introduced to you a brand new freaking plot is introduced to you and while it all works in the scope of the universe of the game i really wish they had sprinkled this story in throughout the entire game instead of dropping lore bomb after lore bomb on you in chapter five and I really enjoyed chapter five. I wish that we had a lot of the elements of chapters one through four cut and condensed and chapter five expanded and, uh, and, and, and sort of strengthened. And if you could combine the ideas between chapter one and five and flesh it out in the middle, that would have been perfect. Um, but that's what I was talking about earlier, that it definitely feels like they were developing this game on the fly and not quite sure where it was going when they were working on it in the middle. And it does kind of hurt the overall experience, but thankfully, thankfully, you have to trust me on this, because of the story elements they add and the characters they introduce, I cared about the game once again by the time we got to Chapter 5. Um, and it, it, it ended pretty well. It, it, it left a good taste in my mouth about play, playing Bendy in the Ink Machine. And they did try to, right at the very, very, very end, like the finale, when they were closing everything, uh, there, there are about two twists. They're minor twists as far as the entire story goes that you've played. They're minor twists. But in terms of the universe and, and what has happened that make you go, wait, I don't understand. It, is this... It's one of those, like, was this all a nightmare? Was this all real? Uh, are these characters who we think they are? It makes you question that, and not in such a way that it's clearly like, oh, and then you woke up and it was all a nightmare. When I say, like, when I, like, offer that as a possibility, I'm saying that because I truly don't know. <laughs> there is enough of a hint where everything that you experience is nightmarish that by the end, there's just this little this little subtext right there there's this like one piece of dialogue that makes you go wait a minute did it happen but you know the characters were real right you know the cartoon characters were real you know some of the i like the the characters in the game that are humans because there are like cartoon characters in the game as well the human characters you know they're real because there's evidence but there's just this line of dialogue where you're like wait 
it happened, right? And and if it did happen, it was covered up, question mark? If it didn't happen, was it based on true events? It makes you just question everything. It just makes you question everything at the very end. So I think somewhere along the line, working on chapters four and five, they finally figured out how to make this game everything it should have been leading up to that point. So... Um, I'm glad that the franchise got as popular as it was, because it's a popular franchise that I hadn't had a chance to play. There's a spin-off game that I own, Boris and something or other. It's some top-down game. Um, and I think someone told me they're working on a Bendy in the Ink Machine 2. I think there's a Bendy in the Ink Machine mobile game um, that I've played. I don't know if there's more, but it's it's kind of grown in popularity over time and it seems to be a successful franchise. I look forward to seeing what future projects that, that studio might have in the universe of Bendy and the Ink Machine if they continue to do more stuff because I would like to see a full game that isn't broken into chapters that is more cohesive and fully fleshed out from the beginning so that we could have had a lot of these elements that worked semi-well in Bendy and the Ink Machine work much like more well <laughs> more well that's not a, that's not a thing work better as a cohesive unit instead of sort of smashing these things together frankenstein style but uh i will say my original synopsis with it sort of being baby's first horror game is still uh very apt i think it is still a very good game that if you're interested in narrative you don't want to deal with complex complex combat there is combat but it's not complex um, mostly just hit things till it dies, and when you start getting too hurt, run away from thing until you're okay. So <laughs> that's kind of what it is. It's not, none of it's complex. It's all very simple. Uh, even when you're running away from stuff, you don't move very fast as a person, so, like, the game isn't relying on you to be super skillful at getting away. Either you got away or you didn't. I mean, that's kind of, it's, it's, it's pretty cut and dry. It's, it's baby's first horror game. If you're interested in what a horror narrative can can feel like but you don't want to be too invested in being too scared or you're not wanting to get too invested in some sort of complex combat or system or chasing system or hiding system like you don't want anything too complicated you just want to experience a horror narrative without getting too too messed up then bending the ink machine is probably the way to go it's got some it's got some darkness to it but because of the way it's thematically encased and all of this sort of cartoony nonsense, it's very easy to, while you might get spooked and you might be like vaguely disturbed, it's all cartoon characters. So it's, it's really not so bad, um, I think. So I can, I can give it a recommendation as something to dip your toes into if you're looking to delve into horror, but you don't want to go into, say, say playing something like Outlast you know, di diving straight into something like that, which is like a gore-fest monster house, right? All right. That's all the time I have for today's podcast. Uh, probably a weird one. Let me know what you guys uh, think somewhere. Hit me up on Twitter at Weston Hasty. Check out this podcast, anchor.fm forward slash hasty podcast. There is no uh. <laughs> My brain just stopped working. <laughs> anchor.fm forward slash hasty podcast. You can also find links to where else you can find it, including on Spotify, uh, from that page as well. Look me up, A Hasty Podcast, on your favorite listening platforms, uh, Breaker, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor. Uh, hopefully, Google Podcasts and iTunes soon, but I don't think that's up and running yet. So that's a thing. Check that out. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate you all. I hope to see you all 
Well, see you? I guess I won't see you. You won't see me. I hope to hear you all. You know in YouTube videos when when the YouTuber is like, and I'll see you tomorrow, but obviously the YouTuber is never going to see you. You can see the YouTuber, but he can't see you. Um, should I do the same thing? I hope to hear you all tomorrow. Or is that just creepy? <laughs> I, I will leave you to, to ponder on that for a moment. I'm out of here. That's all the time I have. Until next time. Bye.